Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Fathoming Heavy podcast. My name is Andrew, and today my guest is Will Ryan, guitarist and vocalist of San Francisco-based sludge band Body Void, or at least based in SF for another month or so before moving to the East Coast, which is a huge gain for the East Coast and a huge loss for us. Uh, Will and I get into all sorts of things from their trajectory into heavy music, which happened in a really unique way, to moving from East to West, starting Devoid, changing the name to Body Void, and really how Body Void has allowed Will to express and sort out some of the impact of being non-binary, issues of body dysphoria and mental illness. We also get into mixing metal with social justice and how things are going in relation to that these days. Um, Definitely check out Body Void if you haven't. There's a new EP called You Will Know the Fear That You Forced Upon Us. Uh, Last year's record is equally stellar. It's called I Live Inside a Burning House. And there's an earlier LP called Ruins and even some earlier Devoid stuff, which uh, all of which is available on Bandcamp. So go check all that out. Uh, Oh, and Will also plays in a doom band called Atone with James Raw from Swamp Witch. Um, And since I just mentioned his name, uh, just a huge shout out to James. He runs Transylvanian Tapes, um, which... um, is is just a, at this point a fairly massive and impressive um, tape label. Uh, he plays in a ton of bands, including Swamp Witch and Atone and Evulse. Uh, he was a guest on episode 13 of this podcast, and he has just been incredibly supportive of me and what I've been doing with this podcast. Uh, whenever I see him, he offers really kind words of encouragement, uh, which often seem to come at just the right moment. And, um, I just appreciate that. So go to Transylvanian tapes on Bandcamp, check out the monthly subscription service. You get all kinds of great music. Uh, it's cheap and it's a great way to support this amazing music. Um, also let's see a quick shout out to Sir Meatwad, who has a very cool YouTube show where he talks about heavy music albums. He loves new releases, other related things. Uh, we share a lot of interests, and he's got some very cool perspectives. So go to YouTube, find Sir Meatwad, and that's M E A T W A D, just like it sounds, and uh, check him out. As always, you can email me at fathomingheavy at gmail.com, find me on Facebook and Instagram, go to iTunes, subscribe, give a rating. Uh, that's huge. Um, it really does help kind of bump the visibility of this podcast to a little bit higher on the list. Um, And it's always appreciated. Uh, You can listen on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Spreaker. And uh, enough of this. Let's do it. science fiction story the book yeah i've been a fan of there since like the the first record and it it was so cool they're putting out this like queer like very queer centric doom and me being able to like be like oh this is like kind of this really cool new kind of voice and then getting to we when we were on tour last year uh, in toronto we stayed with them oh okay and they were just you know the sweetest people and um, so I hope we get to do something with them like, yeah. in the future because they're, they're great. Did you play with them in Toronto? No, uh, we played with the body and, uh, it was just like a lineup we got added to and it was like a pretty good lineup in Toronto. Um, we haven't played with Vile Creature yet. It's, we like started around the same time and we've sort of like, we, we, um, they released, uh, their album on Dry Cough last year. Right. So that was like, you know, that's our label. So it just like felt really cool to sort of naturally grow together um, and see them grow. And, and like we were talking about, they're playing Roadburn and um, yeah, I'm just excited for them. Yeah. All the opportunities they're getting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they just signed a prosthetic. So, Oh really? Yeah. Okay. They just released this. Yes. Yeah. They're like compilation. Oh, what is it called? 
It's a really good name. And the, the cover is, is beautiful. Um, Mine is coming tomorrow. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's really cool. I, I, I love that band. Yeah. I love those people. Yeah. I guess the, the big news I've heard about Body Void recently is your plans to relocate. Yeah, we're moving to the East Coast. So, like... I'm from Vermont, and okay. and Parker, who plays bass, is is my brother, uh, is from Vermont, and so we're kind of moving there to be closer to family. But our drummer, who's from here, is like, yeah, well, I'll move with you, and so we're kind of just relocating. And since we've gotten kind of gotten to the point where we're just touring, that's like what we're doing. It's just like touring every few months. Yeah. We're just like, yeah, we'll just do it from the East Coast yeah. and. It'll, it'll, I mean, the saddest thing is like so many people in the Bay Area have just been so like amazing to us and have fostered us and like really um, pushed us to grow. And, and like, even though we're moving away, I feel like, you know, we're always going to be a Bay Area band. Uh-huh. And this is where we started. And because um, I, th- I feel like when we started, it was like, you know, Parker and I were in a band back east and like we were sort of I was sort of disillusioned about being in like a band that like did things. I just wanted to play music. I didn't really care like what happened to the band. And so then pe- and then we started playing shows and, and people were really supportive. And back east, we just didn't have that sense of like a scene or like a support system. So here when we had that, it was just like, oh, my God, this is like so novel and so cool and making friendships through music and just building community on music and so that to me is like always going to be this like incredibly important part of of body void and and hopefully something we never lose sight of and like we've recorded with greg uh, wilkinson for everything and like it's just like yeah we're going to be across the country but i think we'll probably get come back here come back yeah Yeah. because like i don't i don't want to record with anybody else right yeah it's like i mean on one hand it's like cool to be closer to family and the personal stuff it's it's gonna be nice but like the band aspect it's gonna be like oh i don't know but i'm i'm excited to see where it goes and and you know we'll be touring a lot so we'll be back and yeah we uh our other band parker and i atone with with james and uh uh zach from swamp witch like that's i don't we haven't really talked about what we're gonna do with that uh i hope we can kind of do it long distance but Mm -hmm. you never know so well, James is is busy with a lot of bands, also. Yeah, so, Avulse is amazing. Like, yeah, I am rooting for that band so hard. Right, and it's just the coolest people are in that band, and and James is awesome. So yeah. he's a fantastic. Yeah, vocalist and front and, person. Yeah. yeah, and just like scene dad. You know? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> you know, right. like he when I talk about like people who have fostered us, it's like James is like one of the like he approached us at a time where we were like just kind of like messing around as as a band and he was kind of the first person to say like you should like take this more seriously and we're like okay and Mm. you know so i credit him with a lot of uh the early steps of like oh we're gonna like pursue this and and we we used to be called devoid right and like he was you know one of the people i was like oh like we were trying to like shop our record around and like a lot of people were like there's a bunch of bands called devoid maybe you should change your name and james is one of the people i went to and was like do you think this is a good idea and he was like yeah <laughs> so <laughs> so like uh yeah that was one of the he was one of the people who helped kind of like influence that decision too and he um he put up yeah the first body void he put out yes set, he did right? he did he put out ruins on ruins. tape yeah and he put out the devoid demo so okay that was yeah yeah big yeah big presence and and body void yeah well how did how did all this start for you how did you get into heavy music so it's weird like i i've because i've i've been i've known i'm gonna come talk to you about this like yeah. i've been thinking a lot about it <laughs> and like it's it's weird because I I was never like a metal kid. Like I was I was into like just everything as a kid. Like I was into like you know, pop punk and and hardcore punk, like older kind of like Dead Kennedys type stuff and yeah. and then classic rock and then uh hip hop and and electronic music. And then when I was like in my late teens, I started getting into like um well, I was also 
into Black Sabbath, but so that kind of helped. But there like, was a link there. Yeah, there's like a missing link. But like, when I was in my late teens, I started getting into like really kind of like weird experimental rock, and like even like I was like way obsessed with uh, like Miles Davis's like electric stuff, yeah. and not just like Bitches Brew, but like. His like uh, our ba- our band in the East Coast was called uh, Neon Magus, mm-hmm. which is named after Dark Magus. Dark Magus, yeah, which yeah. is just like that album blew my mind. Um, uh, the Miles Davis live album, and that and was like the first I think electric Miles Davis I started listening to yeah. was that particular one. Oh really? Yes. Yeah, that era of just like yeah. it was like only like two or three years of yeah. like because um, Pete Cozy was mm-hmm. a guitar player, right. and he w- I credit him because. I started playing uh, bass guitar in high school and was in kind of this, like, I don't even know, like, it was, like, a band that was, like, influenced by, like, The Meters Mm -hmm. and Rage Against the Machine. Okay. So so it was this weird, like, mishmash (laughs) of, like, you know, kind of heavy but also kind of jammy. Yeah. It was, like, a very Vermont band when I look back on it. (laughs) Um, But then later I started listening to that stuff and heard Pete Cozy on Miles Davis's and and he was doing kind of like what Hendrix would have been doing if he was like a jazz musician, mm-hmm. just like all these effects. And like that was just like I need to be a guitar player. Like that he was the one, huh? Yeah, wow. he was he was the one that I was like I want to do I like want to do this stuff. And uh, I was listening to all that kind of music, and somehow that and I was listening to like a lot of like just noisy, just like you know punk that was just like incredibly i was more interested in the noise mm. than i was in the like you know the the rhythms or anything so that led to boris okay yeah and like boris was a huge influence and uh and then sun okay and then yeah. neurosis okay those bands like all just those were kind of my intro to uh heavy metal and then i think i heard the the kind of like song that i credit with being like oh this is like what I want to do, this is what I want to do as a musician, is uh, Return Trip by Electric Wizard. Uh-huh. When I, when I heard that riff, I was just like, this is just, this is all I want to do now. It's just create this, like, huge, like, wall of sound kind of, you know, heavy riff. And so that, I think, is kind of where it started for me with metal. Is like, I went from being, like, sort of like an experimental, like, just, like, weirdo, like, like into, like, jazz and stuff to like oh do metal is mm-hmm. is what i love and and what i want to do so well it's that, interesting that you came to it from from that direction yeah i mean most i think most people that i talk to they get into jazz at some point metal is kind of first and then they, yeah they'll bring, i mean that's certainly was for me and i went yeah. through a really heavy jazz period but the link between like dark magus and the stuff that picozzi was doing to like boris or son yeah i mean yeah. it's it's there. Yeah, it is. Because, like, Boris did some stuff with, like, I think his name is uh, KG... Hino. Hino. Yeah. yeah, KG Hino. And it's, like, free jazz metal. Yeah. And you're just like, what the fuck is this? Right. And, and uh, and they, you know, they were doing, like, drone stuff. And, and, like, drone, I think, was just a natural extension of kind of the, like, experimental music I was into. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it just kind of, like, it... Because, like, a lot of people I've talked to here, um, you know, it's they grew up in the Bay Area where there's a lot of, like, live music and yeah. a lot of, and there's, and there's, like, a, an established scene. So they have, like, a very, they came to it from, like, I think just, you know, it's just this cool direction of, like, being part of a scene and, like, listening to, like, new metal and, and like, the <laughs> yeah. late 90s uh-huh. and, and then getting into, like, weirder and weirder stuff where it's, like, I, I, like, grew up in this town, you know, a town of a thousand people that, you know, there's no scene. There's no one. I didn't know anyone who liked metal. And so my music consumption was sort of just like on my own in my room, you know? Yeah. And so I kind of came to it from that angle. And I don't know. I It's I, I'm. It's cool that I found my way here because I think the community aspect of music is like what I really value these days. So, but it's a weird, it's a weird, it's a weird one to, to kind of come that, that direction, I think. Oh, and I, the other band I didn't mention was uh, Godspeed You Black Emperor. Okay. Yeah. I was, like, upset, like, still probably, like, one of my biggest influences. Um, and I think the way they kind of write, you know, their songs are, like, stories almost, even mm-hmm. though there's no lyrics. Like, that just so... I see that in, like, all our... In Bodywood stuff. It's, like, all these, like, long... 
20 minute songs that you know it's not just the same thing over and over it's like these kind of like peaks and valleys and and it's like that's just godspeed to me i mean it doesn't sound like them but just in terms of like the mindset that i have when i when we write songs it's like oh that that's like where it's kind of coming from so well yeah and and again in all in like every band that you just mentioned godspeed that era of miles davis son boris neurosis you know they all play with yeah. the long form yeah right exactly. and yeah, so, so true um and and body void does the same thing mm. um and it's a matter of um repetition but also building and adding subtle dynamics yeah. so that it actually goes someplace you know yeah and I, lo- I i think what i love one thing i love about doom metal and like the tools it gives you as a songwriter is like i guess you, you could call it like minimalism where it's just like you're playing like two chords yeah. And you can just do things with um, the beat or, like, just space that just allows you to kind of build it and, and like, get to places that I think when you are playing, you know, like, death metal or, or like, just really, like, busy metal, you just don't have as much room to play with those dynamics. Right. And, and, and you know, I love that kind of music, but it's, like... It's just a different thing, you know? And I think as a songwriter, like, I, I could never write that kind of music because it just doesn't allow enough space <laughs> to, like, to, like, really get into, like, a mood or something like that. Though you do... Yes. You, I mean, yeah, you know what I'm going to say. Yeah. You'll throw in a DB part or yeah. something that... But we, like, we like want to, like, get there, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. like, we don't want to just, like, jump... I mean, we do have songs that jump right into it, but it's like, I think there's... There's this kind of like we like to challenge ourselves to be like, can this song start with, you know, a DB and then like naturally get to like a drone part, which was right. We did that on this most EP we did, which is like someone even tweeted like shout out to this like was like a very validating moment for me when it was like <laughs> shout out to Body Void for having like last beats and sun drone in the same song it's like uh-huh. yes that's yeah. what that's yeah. what we've been going for yeah. and yeah. i'm glad you recognized it yeah and it really works i mean it thank you yeah. Yeah. yeah it's that's the like that's the um the insecurity is like does this work because because like a tone for instance is parker and i just doing riffs you know what mm-hmm. i mean it's just like it's just it's just a riff band it's just like we we like riffs but like body void has always kind of been about like we're like you're saying like the long form and just yeah. like that you know creating like i don't know what you like this is kind of a pretentious way to put it but like putting it across like a canvas and like just seeing what comes out of it whereas a tone was very much like we just kind of write some cool riffs and and make it wild so um it's it was i mean it's cool to have both those yeah those things and i don't think they're like it's not to say a tone and body are incredibly dissimilar they're I don't think they are, but like it's just a very different headspace to write for both of those. So, did you start playing when you were in Vermont? Yes, yeah. When I started playing guitar, it was like that peak. Like when I was like, I want to just be peak cozy, basically. <laughs> and I just literally, I started. I just like started like because I I knew like theory a little bit from from learning how to play bass guitar in in high school. Why why I started with bass guitar and then went to, to guitar is like beyond me. I still don't really know why uh, that happened. Yeah. yeah. It was just like I had a teacher and he was like, you should play bass guitar. And I was like, okay. Like a music teacher? Yeah, like okay. a music teacher. And like back then in high school, I, I liked music, obviously, but it wasn't like a passion. It was just kind of like a fun thing I did okay. where, where when I started getting into that, like that experimental music and hearing guitarists like um, Pete Cozy or another uh, guitarist, jazz guitarist, Sonny Chirac, sure. just that like just scronky, just yeah. like noise like, I was just like, oh, you can do, like, so many cool things with guitar that, like, I would just... And, like, even Hendrix, like, I was way into Hendrix in high school, but it wasn't until I was in, you know, or, like, graduating high school, going into college, that I was, I was like, Hendrix is, it lo- like, his noise, like, his live stuff when he would just do, like, noise stuff yeah. and just create these, like, kind of walls of sound and these textures. I was just like... So incredible. So I it was like, I just want to do that. I'm like not a good guitarist. I'm still not a good guitarist. I just want to like make cool sounds. So this band, we had this band called um, Neon Magus. And Parker, who plays bass in, in Body Void, played trumpet in that band. Okay. Because he was like a classic jazz 
taught trumpet player and he had like a wah pedal like miles and he had a delay pedal and it it (laughs) started as kind of just like this this like jam free jazz like noise thing and then it was too early like as musicians it was like we were trying to do these ambitious stuff that we just didn't have the like we weren't good enough yet like we didn't have the the um the the chops to pull it off yeah um i think sometimes we did but it was just like fits and starts where we so it was like it was this mismatch of like boris godspeed black emperor miles davis um early pink floyd like the space rock era pink floyd and we we recorded an album at hotel tutango with uh god's like the gods that's godspeed's uh studio in in montreal so we were like really going for that that kind of like weird experimental like post-rock but there's like a space rock and heavy psych rock um kind of element to it and that's when i learned to play guitar is like just kind of noodling and figuring out as as i went i've never been able to shred you know what i mean (laughs) never been able to like solo and and like i think there's a song on our last record um phantom limb that has Uh like what is like a guitar solo for me and it's like this very it's like very like a lot of just feedback and weird noises and so like that's kind of that song actually is part of that song came was a was a riff that we had never used from neon magus okay and we actually used that in a bodywood song so that's like the link there yeah you know so there's like elements of that it's like we kind of have those little spurts of like noise and 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 wildness but um it was like just weird and back then back in the neon magus days it was just like it was un, unbridled, kind of just like, whoa, you know, we have early recordings where it just sounds like a free jazz band just yeah. making noise. It's been a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Like, the, I, when I look back on that, the, the, the most fun we had was just jamming, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, I think our live shows never really, you know, they weren't structured enough to be entertaining, okay. probably. Um, but it was, like, it was, like, such a, like, cool learning experience. Like, we just learned through trial and error and, like, Without that, I don't think Body Void, you know, would exist the way it does now. So okay. it was it was informative, I think. And also, to be in something that unstructured to begin with. Yeah. I mean, you're you're having to listen and interact with each other in ways that maybe you don't need to. Actually, a band like Body Void probably does need to yeah. because it's so slow. It's so slow. Yeah. We. Um, yeah. But. But that's probably a really unique way to, to actually a unique experience to, to to be in and learn from. And you probably learned your instrument and how to engage with other musicians in the moment in a really unique way early on. Yeah, that's actually a good way to put it. Because, like, I could, I've only recently been able to like track, kind of in the box as you as people say, where mm-hmm. where like tracking live in a room has like for albums is like always been so important so like we can like see each other okay um but like a tone was the first it was sort of slightly tracked live like the drummer and i tracked it live and then we redubbed everything but like that experience of just like being in a room and like feeling the music coalesce and like building to emotion and like these these crests of you know this the way the song builds emotion it was like very intuitive and very like like you're saying like it's like you're playing with other musicians and you need to have that kind of connection whereas i've sort of slowly learned how to do it like we're kind of more building this piece by piece Mm -hmm. and like that's valuable too and i like to do it kind of like have a balance of both and i think working with greg has been because when we our first record it just wasn't I, I mean, I'm super proud of that record, but it was such a learning experience. Talking about uh, Ruins? Ruins, okay. yeah. And uh, and since then, we've sort of learned over time, like, how, how, how to do this in, in the studio setup. And, like, that has informed our songwriting almost. It's like, especially um, uh, I Live Inside a Burning House, our, our full length, that was so influenced by the recording process of Ruins because it just gave us, like, Ruins gave us a, a kind of, like, uh, a benchmark to work from. Mm. And then Burning House was like, okay, we can kind of do all this stuff. And it's like, our this EP we just put out was actually like, oh, we need to, like, get back a little bit to, like, 
because when we started playing um, Burning House live, it was like these songs are like really tough to to do live. There's so much vocals and like yeah. for me doing vocals and guitar and it's just 20 minutes of nonstop. Yeah. It's just like, wow, this is like exhausting. So like we with this EP, we kind of like we kind of step back a little. And it's like, let's like write with the stage in mind instead of the studio. OK, um, that's why we like put that out so quickly and after the album and um so yeah it's been i don't know it's been like this cool process you know it's still learning like we still haven't we're still learning every time we do something every time we bring a song to a stage or bring it to the studio we're like okay let's like whittle this down where again like it's a a tone going back to a tone was so like we just have this this is like what it is Uh this is just like it's perfect for what it's trying to be you know what i mean like and that's satisfying in itself because, like, I can listen to that Atone EP and be like, I wouldn't change anything about this, mm-hmm. which is so satisfying. Where Body Void is like, oh, like, where it's constantly evolving, which is super fun. And, like, it's like this long-term project that I that we're working on, which is really cool. But it's like, it feels more like you're, you're like the, it's like, you know, this art project you're working on. Almost. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a, it's a weird one. When did you come out from Vermont to the to the Bay? So Parker was going to school at UC Berkeley. Okay. Um, and I came out kind of just like with the with the vague idea that we wanted to play music together again. Mm-hmm. We've like he's he's like my music partner at this point. Okay. And so we I came out in 2013, and we lived in Berkeley at the time, and Eddie who's our drummer, like, was just a friend of Parker's. And, you know, they didn't know each other through music. And he was like, I can play drums. And so we just started jamming and uh, in, like, this Berkeley basement. And we didn't even know what kind of music we were going to play. And and I was, like, I was I was writing a lot about music at the time as, a, as a, like, a music journalist. And I was okay. writing a lot more about, like, I, like, had kind of stepped away from metal a little bit. I had been listening to more, like, um, like techno and like this weird, like weird, like European kind of like dark ambient stuff, mm-hmm. and just like I'd kind of gone very like insular in my music taste at that point. <laughs> and then I, um, there's this band called Grey Widow from the UK, and they yeah. had just put out an album, and I heard it, and it just kind of did that electric wizard thing again, where it's like, oh right, Doom is like the best it's like sludge metal is just my favorite kind of music to to play live and and get into on that level and it was just like we're gonna do this like this is what we're gonna do we're gonna we're gonna um so it was like that record helped me get back into doom metal there was like doom metal aspects of neon magus but even back then i i would always wanted to like have like an electric wizard style doom band but then you know when we when we decided to start it was devoid at the time it was like we we wanted to it was like we were listening to a lot of like full of hell mm-hmm. a lot of um, that gray widow band um and just a lot of this like and like i was like really into i got really back into conate and yeah. so we just wanted to do that kind of stuff and like a mix of of like fast and heavy but also just like torturously slow right so that that's kind of that was kind of the the uh, impetus for the band. So I know that a big part of a big element of the band has been a way for you to sort of process or express some of the difficulties or some of the the issues that you've experienced as a binary person. Non-binary person. Non-binary person. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, and but you're not wrong. Binary person as well. <laughs> the struggle of that. The st- yeah. yeah. Struggle to get out of that, basically. Um, and I know that your your pronoun is they. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I'm wondering if you're comfortable with talking a little bit about yeah. that, and especially in relation to um, Body Void. Yeah. It's actually... Well, it's interesting talking about the beginning of the band and then bringing that up because... It was like right after we started the band that I was like, oh, I think I'm non-binary. I think I'm queer. And so the band, it, the band started out lyrically as like very political. Like our first song, I think was called, I think it was called, what was it? It was like Feed or something. It was about, it was like anti-white supremacy type stuff. And 
and then like I started I started to like really dig into like personal gender identity issues and and uh queer issues and that you know it became an outlet and so um there's actually a song on on our second demo called skin which was like I wrote that before I realized I was I was non-binary but it was like a letter to myself saying like oh you you're a not a cis guy you're you're non-binary and so the band is very is like very entwined with that for me so there's that there's like gender identity there's queerness there's also been mental health issues and it was like at the same time I was really identifying that I was struggling with depression and anxiety and suicide ideation mm. and so it's like all those issues just became the lyrical focus for the band and and I think the last ruins and um, burning house were very like personal and uh, an exploration of those feelings and so yeah it's been it's been a way to process as you said like to like figure those things out for myself and also as like a, a therapy to like to just get them out into the world so and I think that's just like metal is so perfect for that it's yeah. so it's this you know it's this kind of music that can be angry for sure but it, it can also just be that it's just a very emotionally extreme form of music and so you you can just kind of go out on these these ledges of like i am so fucking sad or i am i am so fucking like sick of of things the way they are for you know in society or for me personally and you can and you can kind of it, it just offers this context of like I can really dig deep into this stuff and mm -hmm. like really kind of go out on a limb with it. Cause, and people are going to hear that and not be like, Oh, this is a weird, this is like weird. They're going to be like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. So like, so dealing, using heavy music to deal with like trauma and, and mental health and mental illness and suicide, suicide and, and gender identity. It was just like, this just feels natural. Like this feels like the perfect place. And even body void, which was a song on our, on our uh, second demo before it was the name of our band was, it was very much like this, just that, just those two words together was like this encapsulation of gender dysphoria, which is like the feeling that your body doesn't match your gender. Mm -hmm. And so that came, that came out of that, that, that feeling and uh, for it to be our band name now, it's just like so. Yeah. And we we'd also we we're doing like we I. It's like it's still a huge theme of the band, but like I'd also just connected th that ki those kind of like personal issues with this sort of like cosmic aesthetic a little bit, and like there's something just interesting to me about about that of like the very personal like kind of molecular level like personal issues blown up onto this this cosmic scale which is like always kind of like this this cool um dichotomy of like body void right um i don't know what that is like i don't think it like means anything specific i think it's just like it's just a context almost it's just like you know the smallest to the biggest possible thing um and it's like within that framework like we're we're talking about these issues of of queerness of of body dysphoria and gender dysphoria and uh so yeah it's just like it became it, the band became this space where we could just where i could as a, you know the person who writes the lyrics kind of just go wild with that stuff and see what happens and so yeah it's it's been super i think healthy yeah i mean i imagine you've done quite a bit of work outside of music with these issues yeah and, uh, absolutely but from just i mean not not even from you know having ever talked to you just listening to the records yeah um it comes through um that's awesome how cathartic yeah you know just how emotionally raw and it's it's anger it's sadness it's agony it's it's all of those things and, and it i just 
can't help but assume that yeah. it's an incredibly powerful experience to put all of that out there in that way yeah. for you. Yeah, I, I, it's that's a that's another thing too is like just listening to it, not even knowing what the lyrics are. Like we kind of hope that that kind of stuff comes across. Like I think that's another cool thing about doom metal and 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 a lot of just like dissonant metal is you can create these sounds and these textures that are just very like visceral Mm -hmm. and very body oriented and we want that you know that's a huge part of the band is like just creating the physical sensation of like anxiety or dysphoria like that's like that's kind of the, the beauty of music is like you can kind of just uh, communicate these things through sound yeah. and sensation. It's just like, ah, it's so good. And I think that um, especially um, the album artwork on I Live yeah. Inside a Burning House and this last EP, uh, done by the same person. Yeah, eBay, Mohamed Sarati, yeah. Okay. Both of them have sort of a human form yeah. um, with lines all throughout, you know, I mean, tendrils or strips or things that are, you know, that give sort of the the impression of of being either put together or sort of unraveling yeah yeah um and sort of that in the context of what you're talking about um the dysphoria you know it it all kind of yeah it all kind of makes sense yeah i i think that those images are just it's it's cool to put them on you know the covers of this music because it's like images that i just it's like even before music i just thought about them a lot like and even before I knew I was non-binary, I just thought about bodies in terms of these, like, fluid, flexible things. And also just, like, the anxiety, like, the kind of feeling of anxiety that is the, the physical sensation of it. It's just, like, and for us to link up with eBay, who James uh, from Transylvania Tapes, like, he put us in touch with them, with him. And then he did, he's done all our cover art and it's been just like, oh, he's like the perfect person to do these, these types of, to put these themes visually. And I think the, the EP art he did, I just, it's, I love it so much. It's just like the face and there's so much detail and yeah, uh, yeah, he's, he's amazing. Looking at it. Yeah. We're looking at it right now. Oh yeah. There it is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, And, and really matches it really fits yeah the tone of the of the ep of the of the band yeah um, and like e, like this this new ep is like a little bit more back to our roots in a, in a sense where we're, where it's like very political um you included lyrics in this yeah thing. i did um and it's it's still like i i think what's interesting to me about saying like oh this is more political is like it's still coming from a place it's like still yeah it's still coming from that personal place and it's like these you know the 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 two songs on it are about you know toxic masculinity and uh and just like the you know the renewal of fascism in in mainstream america right um it's like those still come from the same place that the issue like that anger and that and those like physical sensations and and those the way those you know inform your day-to-day life or my day-to-day life in in the case of the record is like it's coming from the same place so it's 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 not like this jump from the personal to the impersonal right it's still all personal and no it feels very personal yeah so yeah you know you talk about especially in the song die off um you're talking about as you said, toxic masculinity. Mm. Um, I'm curious about what your experiences have been with the metal scene as far as that goes. Because when it's funny, when I'm talking to somebody who I don't know very well, and they say, you know, there and and it comes out that I'm a metal guy, they they will often jump to the worst stereotypes. Oh, really? Yeah. Available, you know, and think, oh, I mean, it's just the dumbest bonehead meathead bonehead yeah. meathead type of yeah. um place with it and and then I find myself explaining no 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 you don't understand it has that reputation but really especially here in the bay area it's it's 
an incredibly intelligent and creative and sensitive community. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that we're lucky here because there is sort of a sense uh, of of welcomeness yeah. or welcoming and and inclusion. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering sort of what what your thoughts are about that, and if you've experienced other places where it wasn't quite like that. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. Like the Bay Area is this kind of, it's it is very like the metal scene here is, um, is very inclusive and like, even when I'll you know present a little bit more androgynously on stage or whatever, no one gives a shit or like says anything. Um, which is the ideal. Um, and you know, there, there can always be work done to be more inclusive. I don't think anyone would argue with that. And I think, but I think like the people that are, you know, kind of the mainstays in the scene are very like aware of this stuff. And, and it's, I think, yeah, I kind of agree with your sentiment that it is like this, it is a very inclusive space. And like, I, I like, you know, basically what is probably obvious right now is like heavy metal has allowed me to ex- express my queerness that I wouldn't have in any other space. So I think for people to be like, Oh, metal is, I, I hate that idea that like metal is inherently masculine or is, is, um, is inherently like kind of hostile towards women or people of color. I mean, it obviously is those things to a certain degree, but not the, you know, not, the music itself, like the, the genre itself, it's some of the scenes are very, can be very hostile. And, but I think to link heavy metal just on its face with those things is, is, is just kind of short sighted. Yeah. Short sighted. And, and so, yeah, my experience has been like super positive and, um, there's, there's usually like in like kind of the the way I see it is like there's incidences that arise where it's like oh a band kind of does something and we kind of have to like circle the wagons and kind of come together as a community to decide what we're going to do about this and like it seems like we're in a place where um like the one that comes to mind uh is young and in the way mm. where it came out where they're you know just a bunch of rapist scumbags right and like there was just no just everybody was like you know you're gone yeah. yeah um which is super heartening but obviously there i think that is just something we have to keep working at and it's just uh it's always something it's just like a work in progress always um so i think and at the same time i, I would i i I don't think like like when you compare metal to other music scenes like if anything it feels more inclusive to me than other mes- music scenes that I've been involved in like it's it's a music scene that I think is like very it talks about this stuff it doesn't yeah. just like put it under the rug and it's 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 not perfect but it it I think what's important is like people are having that constant conversation and there are people who um are you know, we we're talking about vile creature, who are very like pro um, queer and like vegan and anti-fascist and all this stuff. And there's a lot of acceptance for that. Now, when I say that, like I think about um, whenever, <laughs> like when our last album was posted on like the Metal Injection, you know, Facebook page, you get all these comments uh. where it's like people kind of just. Uh, saying shitty stuff yeah. about, you know, our political views and, and being queer and stuff. and But that's, like, the only place I see it, you know, is the internet. The internet. Which, like, fuck the internet. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. Like, I think I think there there is that, that space where it's, like, really... It's, like, everything on the internet is just toxic, so I can't... Like, how much is, of that is, like, metal specifically? Um, I don't know. I guess the way I feel at the end of the day is just, like... I think we're in a good place and we can, and in a place that we can like keep um, creating space for more people. And like, that's, it doesn't, it feels like we're kind of like winning that battle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and that is heartening. And I think, you know, going back to what you said, you know, the conversations are happening, I think yeah. more yeah. than I've ever seen before. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I think that's, that's maybe one of the, 
the positive things about the internet is that it'll, it allows for that yes. to happen. Yes. And so the thing with Young and in the Way happened or the thing with that guy in Seven Sisters of Sleep. Oh, yeah. Even, you know, even the controversies around bands like Marduk or Take or um, Horna, Horna yes, most the, recently. Yeah. I mean, those things, you know, regardless of what side you fall on them, they they do stimulate the conversation. Yeah. And the conversation, I think, is is one of the most important things that, that can be happening. And I think that, you know, it's... Um, I, I saw the movie Lords of Chaos. Yeah. Did you see it? I haven't seen it. I don't know if I'll see it yeah. because, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm, like, not a big black metal fan. Right. Uh, but it's interesting seeing all my friends on Facebook having their take. <laughs> yeah. Like, because they're all black metal kids. So it's like, yeah. But, yeah. Overall, overall I actually... Enjoyed it surprisingly more than I thought I was going to. Yeah. I went into it going, this is, this is <laughs> not going to be good. And there were, I actually liked it more than I thought. I okay, thought it was yeah. an interesting perspective. But there is the you know the scene in there where Bard Faust c- commits essentially a hate crime. And, mm-hmm. and maybe I've just missed it, but I don't hear about that being talked about in that context very often. Yeah. You know? And then there was that um, Until the Light Takes Us, that documentary from, I don't know, 10 years ago or something. And Hellhammer talked about that particular incident mm. and you know made some horribly hateful comment mm. um in support of bard killing that the the guy and um it's like wow um i'm glad that i'm glad that these conversations are happening now yeah. because they i didn't hear them before yeah. and i just heard a lot of that stuff people just let that stuff go yeah. and uh well, and that's where the, the conversation seems to be focused, especially in terms of, like, uh, you know, the fascist um, sex of the metal scene is, is black metal. It's right, like, right, right. Like, I'm definitely, like, I think the bait, like, every, I was talking about this the other day online, is, like, the black metal I see in the Bay Area has, like, is so remotely removed from that yeah, stuff. Yeah, right. And, like, you know, the black metal here is, like, very nature influenced mm-hmm. or, or it's like very like crust influenced and then you see i see all this stuff online where it is like oh like you like it seems like there's an actual problem in the black metal scene of like this just being a normalized thing so yeah it's and you're yeah you're right like it's it seems like it's one of those things that no one talked about forever and now people are finally talking about it and it's like oh just everyone is just coming out of the woodwork as like having some some uh some ties to some not so so savory some not so savory stuff but and maybe it's just these are the the times that we're living in and what's going on um yeah in our country right now um this is the metal community is a microcosm you yeah know, within absolutely you know our larger culture and so it makes sense that these these things yeah are being discussed. and people aren't as I mean, it was never, it was never a cool thing to do. But like LARPing a Nazi, mm-hmm. like in this day and age, it's like, like I don't think that was ever acceptable. <laughs> but like when it's like at the highest levels of you know the government yeah. and, and mainstream culture, it's just like people just. I think that has made people wake up and go like, oh, we need to like get the you know we need to get these people out of here because. They yeah they've always been in these scenes but I think people are finally like figuring out how to actually deal with it and that's that's a good sign I think. How do you think this scene can be made to be even more welcoming or um, more inclusive? I think I think it's on the right track. I think these conversations, but I also think kind of people in power kind of taking the response like the there a lot. With that band Horna, who I actually don't, I don't know anything about them, mm-hmm. but I've seen venues saying just canceling the show, and that I think is one way to do it. It's just venues saying no, um, saying no to these kinds of bands and not providing them a space to or a platform. To yeah, we it. will not give you a platform. Yeah, yeah. and uh, but I also think like I've seen more and more people doing like bringing organizations to to shows like tabling, like you know. Uh, specifically like anti-fascist organizations like tabling at a show which is like is really cool and or just like you know organizations devoted to domestic violence and stuff it's just like having that like 
imbuing the scene with that context mm-hmm. of like we're just gonna make this a really inclusive um, safe space for anyone and there's gonna be zero tolerance for people who are you know um, hostile toward women or hostile toward queer people or people of color it's just zero tolerance policy and I think a lot of especially like DIY places have these policies um, in writing in, in a lot of cases but like we even saw it with um, uh, Gilman. It's like you got to enforce this stuff. Mm-hmm. You can't just say it and then kind of like be like, uh, like I don't know. Like, well, our so I think it's important to hold people accountable and like really just never let this stuff, um, never let an inch. You know what I mean? Like, be on top of it because it, it if you you know as soon as you kind of get lax on it, it's like ah oh, the rules are there. People are going to follow them. It's like as soon as you kind of like let that yeah. slide, it's like that's when it all kind of starts to crumble. And so I think just putting in that effort and like supporting that effort, you don't – I don't think – the thing is like I, I think there's still room for metal bands that are just way into Satan. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> yeah. it's like that's – you know, that stuff can be fun. And like I think – but like even if you're at a, you know, a power metal show or something and – you can still be like inclusive and just, you know, say like, Hey, we're all having our, you know, our Satan party, Uh but like, let's be cool to each other and let's make it clear that like the people who have historically been marginalized from this space are welcome. And we're all just, you know, doing this together and having fun together. So, well, even, I mean, even what being a Satanist means today is a little different. Like there's a, there's a podcast called the black mass appeal um, which is based out of San Francisco, and it's these, you know, um, they're they're the focus is on yeah is like on feminism and shit. feminism and social justice, yeah. you know, um, in sort of a satanic Satan as the um, the questioner, the adversary, yeah, yeah, you know that sort of context, yeah. Um, so even what it means to be a Satanist is yeah, it's changed like, a little bit. It's not fat. It's not fascism. Like, right. It's right. it's the opposite of that. We actually played a show in Detroit in this kind of like DIY anarchist uh, like warehouse, or not a warehouse, but it's like a house. But it was a huge like you know old Detroit house that's kind of just a lot of room. And so we and the the I mean there weren't even a band, but they're called Satan House, and it's just a satanic ritual and okay. it's like a sa- I mean they don't actually kill a guy but like yeah. there's like a fake sacrifice <laughs> and you know hail satan and we were just like oh this is this is wild and then you know and then we played <laughs> yeah. it's like, yeah. so it's like that's cool and it's you know and that that crew that like say satanist crew was like uh it was like men and women it was like mm-hmm. very it was I think their um outlook was very like just yeah, like you said, like questioning and being like opposed to uh, organized religion and, and right. the way it's oppressive. And um, that's awesome to me. And it's awesome to me that like that can exist and then you have like a metal show. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. Which is, I mean, which is, it's, I mean, the the, the ideas are being shared. They're linked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's a lot different from the sort of the LeVay idea. Um, yeah, because there's I, I think when you when you see these like internet black metal edgelord guys, mm-hmm. like they're all about like oh black metal has to be evil uh-huh. and it has to be fascist because that's evil, and it's like no, that's like that's like status quo. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just like that's the norm. Is is this kind of you know? And it's not it's not dangerous. It's the norm. So I don't know even how they get there. I think it's just they need to aestheticize this kind of thing to make it seem a certain way that it, it it's not. So mm-hmm. I don't know. And that's where you know that's why I think um, that for me, you know, um, as sort of a middle aged person who's you know loved this music yeah for for so many decades. Um, why right now is one of the most exciting times is because um, there are all these new perspectives and yeah, um, uh, yeah it feels more it feels more vibrant and yeah the music's better diverse and the music is, is it's because better. of it you know and, what I mean um, I just feel like it's it's 
it's so smart these mm, days. Yeah. Um, I learn from it um, yeah. in the way that, you know, I learned uh, a lot about sort of the African-American experience through bands like Public Enemy. Sure, you know? sure. Um, those kinds of things, I think, can't be overstated how important they are. Um, Absolutely. Music in spreading messages and opening minds. Yeah. And like you said, like offering new uh, perspectives. And Yeah. 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 Do you have any anxiety about moving back east? Because um, it, it sounds like you... It sounds like you came here and yeah. you were, you know, sort of realizing um, some things about yourself and that was happening in an area that is known to be fairly yeah. welcoming. Yeah, I actually think about that a lot of like, you know, Vermont is a pretty, it's a liberal place, but I've just been thinking like, why wasn't it till I moved here that I started thinking about this stuff? And I think it's because California is very, and this is like, it has pros and cons. It's very self-obsessed. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way. Like, it's just very, everyone's like thinking about how they're presenting themselves to the world. And I think it results in good stuff, like realizing you're queer or realizing uh, you have these, you know, mental health issues. I just don't. And I think on the East Coast, or at least where I grew up in Vermont, there just isn't that context. There just isn't that, like, that uh, that conversation isn't happening. Right. And, like, queer people are still kind of, people are aware of them. And I think, you know, I haven't lived there for six years, so I think it's gotten better. But I just remember it being still this other, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Where here, it's, you know, everybody's got their own thing. So I think I am, there is some anxiety about that. I, I, it's just a rural area. But I think I'm just not – I what I realized living here is, like, I'm not a city person. Okay. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just can't deal with that. I mean, the – the great thing is is the music and the art, um, which is, you know, I live in San Francisco and there's not a lot for uh, metal as in San Francisco. But in Oakland, there's just so much going on. And I think I think moving east, it's like and, you know, I we were in that music scene of, you know, there's uh, Burlington, Vermont, which is kind of the biggest city in Vermont. And it's still small enough that it's like very at least when I was there, it was very competitive Mm -hmm. because it's like, it feels like there's only so much room for everybody. And I hated that. I, I hated having that element of competition in in a music scene, um, where it should, it should feel, you know, collaborative and, and everyone's kind of in it together. Um, and we're creating a space that is like, we're trying to exist outside, you know, the kind of corporate capitalist machine. Like we're, we're making this music to escape that, you know, and then to recreate those, those attitudes within this microcosm. Yeah. It's just like such a, yeah, it's such a headache, which is here. It's like, not that at all. it's super. I mean, I think there's still, no, I, I would say it, it's just like, as far as our experience, it's been super, everybody's been so supportive and, and it has that feeling of just like, we're all, in this together we're always we're all supporting each other we're always lifting each other up and helping each other and like i am that's what i'm scared about moving east and not having anymore yeah yeah. um but as far as like the personal stuff like i feel secure enough into my in myself now to live there and kind of know what i want my life to be but in terms of like music it's like i don't think we're gonna have the local scene that Uh is just amazing here And, you know, we're at a point where we can just tour and like, that's going to be amazing. But, you know, I think we're going to have to drive to like New York City to be involved in stuff or, you know, Montreal's not that far, but it's in another country. So, um, you got borders to deal with. Yeah. You have, and it's like getting weirder and weirder at the Canadian border. Yeah. And, uh, but, um, there's also, but that's the other cool thing about the East coast and the Northeast is like everything's so close together. And when we toured there last year we met the come to grief uh-huh. guys and yes. they're like the sweetest 
best people. They're and, amazing. Yeah, and yeah. they're and they're so welcoming and and like even when we announced we we're gonna move east, uh, a couple of them hit me up and was like, "Oh, we gotta play some shows." Nice. And it's like, yeah. So you know, I'm at the same time I'm I'm super optimistic, you know. And and when we toured there last year, we played this tiny town, in New Hampshire. We played Portland, Maine, mm-hmm. and it sounded like you know there's like kind of that area is all kind of just one big community. Okay. Like, people came to our show in New Hampshire and Maine. You know, they came to both shows, and it was like everybody knew each other. So, you know, I think there's something, you know, there's there's something there that um, we can be a part of. And my hope is, like, we can kind of be, like, a little bit of a, a West Coast connection. Yeah. Like, yeah. bring our friends out here, and, and hopefully we can, like, keep it going. Because um, that, that part of music is so important to me, and I don't want to to lose it you know? absolutely yeah well it sounds like you've thought it through yeah and, oh my god we've been um, thinking about it so much yeah <laughs> yeah uh what's next um the move is coming in may yeah so okay. we're actually like touring over there we're okay. we're, we're touring nice. with primitive man oh, and awesome. a Seath, um which is going to be so f- those i love those both those bands um and, uh, and you like to tour it sounds like yeah yeah we really like to tour and um yeah our, our we we're doing Europe in August oh, nice. and we're playing this fest in Germany called Void Fest uh-huh. that's just like in the middle of the woods it's going to be really fun. You been out to Europe before? No. no. This is our first time and actually I've never been there. Um I've been to UK and Ireland um okay. but I've never been in mainland Europe so that'll be a first. So a lot a lot we're like lot. even though we're moving there's still a lot and um, we started working with um, uh, Heavy Talent booking, uh-huh. okay. and like they have just been super. It's been super easy to work with them, and and they're just gonna throw stuff at us, and we're okay. just gonna we're just gonna do it. So I'm excited for you know this change, and uh, hopefully we can kind of like stay on top of things and and not lose any momentum or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we're sad to lose you. I'm sad to leave. Yeah, I'm sad <laughs> to lose all y'all. But um, yeah. But it sounds like a great. It sounds like it sounds like a great move. And, yeah. Um, yeah. If you know the Come to Grief guys, I mean, they will make you feel very welcome. Yeah, they're and, um, they're great guys. Yeah. Thank you for. Yeah, sitting thank you. down and talking with me today and uh, for sharing as much as you did. Uh, yeah, that's I super really fun. appreciate that. And and thank you for the amazing music. Uh, yeah. It means a lot to me. Always. And uh, I just look forward to, to a whole lot more. Thank you. Yeah. yeah.